0: Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. And we're live. My guest today, I'm excited to introduce you to him. CEO and founder of Gen M. And this guy has been creating companies since probably he was crawling around. Three times awarded winning entrepreneur. He founded two companies by the time he was 19. 30 under 30, 40 under 40. And by the way, he was the youngest in that list, under 40. Builder, explorer, competitor. Mo Abbas, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, no, it's so cool to meet up and... And chat here, I wanted to kind of remind people of the theme for this show, right? We're talking to a bunch of marketers. We want to actually move forward and not get stuck in that technology cycle where we're just buying some tech and not not using it. So we really want to, you know, get strategic here. So I wanted to just, you know, talk strategy, you know, what's your approach to marketing? Because obviously you've nailed it with all these companies. And I also want to mm-hmm. eventually touch on like marketing careers, and staffing and hiring for that. So, with that in mind, here uh, it's heavy. I've been working out, but it's heavy. This is Thor's hammer here. So, <laughs> receive Thor's hammer and smash some myth, some like bogus strategy you've heard around marketing. You know that you just every time you hear it, it just drives you crazy. You just want to smash it for once and for all, kind of thing.
1: Absolutely, madam. You know, for me, the biggest thing is whenever I interview or talk to some marketers who. And they started talking about brand marketing and, you know, our brand message and our image and our social media in such a way where it's just about the way we look. Uh, in my head, the first thing I'm like, well, how is that going to drive business? Like, you know, How we look a- like,
0: like like, my, my uh, 2019 beard here, how we look or are we talking like branding?
1: Branding, branding, branding right? okay, so, yeah. don't get me wrong. Listen, branding is super important. I've actually, it's a key thing for a lot of my businesses is branding, but branding, it doesn't come first. What well, comes for, for most businesses, right? Like 98% yeah. of businesses should not be investing in their brand. I mean, it's very easy to make something look good. A few nice images and you're, you're pretty much there. You should get to Pareto on your brand, uh, 80-20 rule. Yeah. So, you know, a few nice images goes a long way, but you should not invest too much in your brand or your PR strategy or, you know, your public facing image, let's say. That that doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a small business or a new startup. What you got to be investing in is growth, lead gen. So you got to be able to define very clearly how you're going to acquire a customer. And branding does not directly acquire a customer. There's no funnel there. There's no, Hey, we put up an ad it goes to a landing page. This is the conversion. This is how we, the first yeah, step yeah. of the funnel and then et cetera, et cetera to get an actual sale. That's growth marketing. So whenever I interview a marketer and they start talking to me about brand marketing as the first thing, uh, you know they would do it's, in my head I'm like okay that's great but like that's not going to actually generate any revenue growth um, I find a lot of marketers they focus they, 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 they just don't think about sales oh, right? yeah. they're so disconnected from sales which drives me insane it's like your job is to generate leads your job is to get sales ultimately yeah. right and,
0: yeah, there's a revenue responsibility if you give that up man that, that's how you get relegated to being like sales print shop you know,
1: that's it. You know, a lot of people like they'll create like videos and they'll create like explainer videos and like test them and like, and like brand videos. Yeah. And, and it's just crazy. I'm, and, and I'll go up there and I'll put a landing page and I'll create a, a simple funnel and I'll destroy them in sales. I'm just like, you just got destroyed. Now I have revenue. business. <laughs> Like now we're at a stage now in our company where brand marketing actually matters, right? Cause we have, we have our funnels we know how to grow, right? We have yeah. defined ways we can grow. So brand marketing becomes more important and we did invest a little bit in our image, let's say, but it wasn't a major, like it was like, maybe like, I don't know, 10% of our pie, let's say was invested in the actual branding of the company. 90% right. is in growth and lead gen. Sure. Sure. Why well, do you think that is? I think one of
0: the reasons you said was, they're not thinking about sales, but why, why this default knee jerk
1: back to- I'll, t- I'll tell you why, because yeah. a lot of people don't measure themselves and when you don't measure uh, yourself, it's very yeah. easy to like, how do you, help, how do you held accountable that way? Oh, wait, no, I did the video. You know, I, 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 we, we did these videos. We, we did redesign this brochure. Uh, <laughs> When marketers tell me that, you know, to print brochures off and and, and do things that just don't make a whole lot of sense to me, uh, as far as lead gen goes, it's because they're they're not used to being held accountable on on metrics, right? Right. Uh, Data driven growth, which is what a great marketer will do.
0: Right. You know, it's almost like that old school mindset, or maybe it's B2C where it's just like activity metrics. Well, you know, I sent out a million emails, Ah, I, I sent them.
1: I will, you know? I will destroy my marketers if they tell me that. <laughs> your job is not an email sender. Your job is legion. So the question right. is how many signups did you generate? You know, it's, yeah. it's about outcomes. So the key thing that a marketer needs to is, is really focused on is outcomes. Yeah. Not like work, outcomes. This is a very common problem. When you deal with the very best, the first thing out of their mouth is outcomes. How do we get yes. these outcomes? This is what we can do. This is what we can expect as an outcome. This is how we can track it, you know, and, and this is the funnel involved in that.
0: Right, right. You know, it's. I think it's safer without outcomes, right? Or it feels safer. Like, well, if I don't have any responsibilities, I can't miss, you know, if I don't yeah. have any targets. I can't miss them, but I can certainly send out those million emails and and who's going to say anything about it. But then you don't realize that, when, you're, when you act like that, you're the first to go if things aren't working out, right? Or if you want to change something up in a company, if, if you're not responsible for revenue, like you're just a draw on the company. But if you tie into revenue, man, that's, you tie into sales. You're unlimited, I,
1: unlimited potential if you can. Yeah,
0: you're, you're irreplaceable at that point, right?
1: Irreplaceable, yeah.
0: You're the growth, At sure. your point, growth marketer. That's, that's when you're, you're actually helping out. You, you need to maybe have a little courage and just start taking on some ROI.
1: You know, great on, great marketers a lot of them become entrepreneurs because once you figure out how to do yeah. that, you really are unstoppable. You can generate cash, revenue, and there's no limit to that. There really is no limit to that.
0: It's kind of inspiring too, you know, great great marketers become great entrepreneurs.
1: Right, listen, that's my core competency is sales and marketing among a few others, but those are the two main ones that I've throughout the years cultivated as a core skill set and Interesting. It's allowed me to build really any type of business, frankly.
0: And for those who are in the marketing world, you know, make sure you add that sales. I mean, you said sales and marketing, not just marketing. You got to know that no, that whole Because you can't part. close.
1: Like, yeah. Marketing doesn't matter if you can't close a deal, right? Right. Um, so another thing, a lot of marketers are pretty shy too. They don't mm. like to actually talk to clients. That's not bad. Look, if you're really effective in lead gen, you don't need to talk to clients. Sure, if you just do lead gen, right? If you're really effective in lead gen, uh, and a lot of marketers they don't need to because that is actually a different function. But if you're a small business owner, uh, and you're doing marketing, you probably do some sales as well, right? For like there's a high probability you just sell some of your own clients, sure. This is why both of them kind of work hand in hand, and if you do both really well. And, you know, I'm a believer, like, if you're gonna, especially if you're gonna allocate a function of the company out to an employee or whoever, yeah, you should have a good idea of how it works.
0: Yes, that's that's so huge, man. Like, because then you can, it's easier to hold people accountable, you know, what's what, and then it's also easier to help and coach them.
1: You hold sure. them accountable, you know, how long it takes, you know, what kind of outcomes yeah. you expect, right? So, right. like, whenever somebody. And every time yeah, whenever I feel like I'm being bullshitted, it's not even like I'm being bullshitted. <laughs> you know, it's more like whenever I feel like somebody's being ineffective, I'm like, well, I did that job, and like they give me all these excuses. Like, okay, well, let me go back into that role for like a couple of days. Yeah. And then see if like if if this if it's me or the world's changed or what it is. And a lot of the times, you know, you'll realize because these people, uh, like you know, sometimes they're just not really focused on outcomes. They're just not able to get the outcomes. That's another thing is not everyone can get outcomes.
0: Right. Do you hear that story about Elon Musk's assistant?
1: Which one, Mary Beth, or I
0: think it was her. Yeah. Like, what happened with her? So, um, you know, longtime assistant um, was asking for like a mega more raise and other stuff. Wanted to be paid like a uh, the C suite and everything. She so was like, you know what? First of all, you've been working too hard. I've been telling you to take vacation. You haven't taken yeah. one yet. So go on vacation while you're gone, I'll do your job. <laughs> and then when you come back, I'll know better. What, what's what <laughs> she came back. And he was like, yeah, I don't think I really need an assistant. I was able to do, you know, it's, <laughs> Um, but yeah, you like know, know what's going on. that helps with the bullshit for sure. And then yeah. be more successful.
1: Yeah. Like I'm a big fan of that, you know, especially for a small business owner, you should at least know the functions of your business. And if you don't, you're, you're going to have trouble. Uh, yeah. It's really hard to wear a lot of hats. You should not do all the functions right. at the same time, you know, but you should have an idea about them. And once you have an idea, you can hire somebody. In our case, we can, you can use an apprentice. You can offload that function to them, work with them in that function, move on to another function, and then kind of do the same thing again. And slowly you end up building this machine that you have a, an intimate understanding of. There's only one thing I don't – and I have a co-founder, an actual business partner who uh, manages this, and that is engineering. Okay, that's, that's the only one where I have an idea about it, but I'm yeah. not, I, I can't look at his code and be like, well, you did this wrong or that wrong. You know? right. But he's right. a partner in the company,
2: yeah. and
1: like we talk all the time, and like it's, like there's a lot of communication around product, and I still hold them accountable on timelines and scope right. Uh, and, and roadmap. Right. So,
0: yeah, that makes sense. Uh, this some things, you know, multiple hats and, and you gotta, you gotta know where your, your strengths are.
1: Yeah, exactly. You some
0: key people in there. So this is, this is important. I love this point. Drive it home. I think this thing is smashed. It's down to like dust now. Um, branding doesn't come first. Growth marketing, tying yourself to leads. I love the fact that we're saying step up, you know, uh, and one of the things you said was focus on outcomes, not work. Huge, yeah. right? Huge. Yeah, whenever, yeah. Ever, sometimes it feels like whenever a company I'm in or we're working with, you get a new marketer in there. And if the first thing they say is you need a new website, I'm like, eh. do we, you know, nine times out of 10, it's probably not the website. You know, it's probably, you, you don't have, you're not capturing leads. You're not doing all these other things. You were, do we really need to put a re, a new skin on the website? Is that really what we need to do? You know? Um, so ask them
1: well how many visitors are coming to the website.
0: Oh wait, yeah. there's
1: no visitors, but you want to redo the website? Like one right. of the visitors to the website, like that's top funnel. So you really should start top of funnel, which is yeah. traffic. Yeah. Right? Like before this is another thing. Well, what why does this matter optimizing down here in the funnel? Well, you have nothing coming in the funnel. Right. There's nothing in. Like how do you how do you optimizing your sales process and like your close rates when you don't have any leads? What is, what does your website matter when nobody's visiting the website? So you should be like, okay, start with the top of the funnel, optimize. Okay. Let's get visitors. Oh, I got visitors now. Oh, the conversions are not great. Well, let me chart with, you know, we do two things. One's Occam's razor and Pareto. Oh, I love it. Right. So Occam's razor is if there's two options and they both generate the same outcome, choose a simpler one. And Pareto is the 80, 20 rule. Yep. where 80% of your outcomes come from 20% of your effort. Okay. We actually oh, live man. our, our whole business is based on these among other principles. Right. Huh. So, you know, what does it matter if, 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 you know, it's so, okay. Now you got traffic, you figure that out. Then you'd be like, okay, well, how do I, you know, convert this traffic better? You start with content. Forget about the design of the website content. Yeah. Which, you know, it's the communication, the words, and and images are part of that, that you use to convey your value proposition. And and then from there, which is very easy to do, it's very easy to do. And if you can't update a WordPress website or a Squarespace or a Shopify website, which is content, you're going to have trouble in business. I'll tell you right now. Mm. Okay. It's very easy to do that. It's it's like it's a 15 minute learning curve, right? Yeah. Um, Then you update the content. Oh, you got traffic coming through. You check the conversions. And then you need to look at your conversions as well, and be like, okay, I got people what to do. Are they signing up? Are they booking a call? Depending on the kind of product you sell, uh, some of them signups are okay. Some of them are, you know, booking a call is okay. Um, and then that goes into a whole other beast, which is like maybe drip marketing campaign. Sure. People who signed up. You know, this is there's another thing I, I see this a lot with businesses is they're always looking for new business. Uh, But there's an old saying, very wise saying that a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Mm. And we found actually one of the most effective ways to grow is to re-engage signups that didn't convert. They've already shown intent for your product. You know how hard it is to find somebody who has showed you any level of interest in your product? Yeah, Intent's really clutch, right? So this is where you go from... You know, another thing is. Uh,
0: What's your definition of intent, too? Because I really I'm is important.
1: I, I search. When I search, Got I have it. intent. I'm looking for. Looking this is for what it. I want. Like right? it. The other one is not intent, it's more, uh, you know, you stumble upon. Yeah. Uh, this is like social media, right? You're in social media and you get an ad that pops up. Well, I wasn't actually looking for shoes. Well, oh, but you know what? Maybe I'm interested. But now they're getting very advanced in social media. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, well, I was looking for shoes like two hours ago, and I see an ad for shoes in my Facebook feed, right? Yeah, my Instagram feed, more like it.
0: Or that uh, listening device heard you complaining about your shitty shoes, and I need to get new ones.
1: <laughs> I don't know if they're listening. They, you know, there's a lot of like debate about. Yeah, know, they're all listening now on these mobile devices. I think what's happening is that people are like searching, and they're not really even realizing what they're searching with. Sure. And they're getting really advanced at detecting your intent through what you look for online. Yeah. They're getting really advanced at that. And uh, so whenever you are, you know, for me, a really important thing that I look for uh, in marketing uh, for my audience is first, I really understand my demographic Okay, Uh, and then you have to find them when they have intent. And this is why brand marketing, like there's no intent in brand marketing. Right. Right. There's no like, Hey, this person was searching for our business and they found us Yeah, because we positioned ourselves there. Right. Um, and so you know, you branded,
0: ask- you know, branded content, right. Content all about yourself is shit too. Right. I mean, you're not helping anybody. They're not going to find right. it if they're searching for the actual problem they're trying
1: to solve. They're searching for the problem. Right. So yeah. they're trying to find a solution. You gotta, right. you gotta come up when they're looking for that solution. Right. Um, So, and this is where you get smart marketers who are like, where first question, where are people searching? Did you ever ask it? Oh, they don't even ask this question. A lot of marketers are like, where are people searching for this solution? And then you have to look at it very nuanced, right? It, it, It can be very, very specific. Um, you know, that's one way is if you get intent, intent's the best. Another way, which requires a, a bigger net, is you can create a funnel, but mm. you need you need a bigger net for that. So, like right. for example, um, like if, if you do a Google ad, yeah where that has high intent, somebody's searching for your solution. Yeah. Right. It's very expensive now because Google's figured out how to optimize their ad words. So it's not as cheap as it used to be. Um, be, or you could go, yeah,
0: super cheap man. It used to be you'd laugh at the you know the ones bidding on mesothelioma, but then you'd be fine with your you know fifteen cent dollar click you'd be cruising, and then now everyone's paying out the nose
1: you know if you're a smart marketer, you watch out for new platforms because what happens is whenever a new platform comes up like Google, it was a new platform yeah. for a very long time they actually they um you could almost say subsidize their ads. They gotta generate critical mass, liquidity, yeah. so they, they they sell their ads for stupid, cheap prices, right. So they can take market share and then people go to that platform and they start increasing the prices. So actually, a lot of people have died because of this on especially on Facebook. I know whole businesses that uh, generated all their traction from Facebook ads. Early when Facebook launched their ad platform, yeah. and what happens is Facebook starts creeping up the cost per click as more <laughs> businesses come because it's cheap supply and demand, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Their, their demand, there's demand was low; the supply was massive, so the cost is really low. Right. But then more businesses come, Facebook's markets their platform are a little better to advertisers. Well, now demand's way higher, supply is the same because they stopped growing. Right, and the cost is like 10 times what it was. Right. Cause it's that much more competitive, right? It's that many more businesses advertising on Facebook. Jeez. So I know businesses that were like, especially apps, you can no longer market an app on Facebook unless you have a crazy acquisition, uh, revenue model for the app or oh, you know, like only high margin businesses can now do Facebook. Really high margin can, can do Google, you know, mid margin, you can maybe get away with Facebook. Uh, but you can't be a low margin business and get away with ads anymore. Uh, on the major platforms. So you should keep an eye out when a new platform emerges, they usually subsidize their ad platform. You can get a lot of growth in a very short period uh, until the the rest of the world catches up.
0: Right. Huh? That's that's, that's a cool power tip of like keeping your eyes open for new platforms. We get some super cheap acquisition costs, especially if people, if, if they can identify intent, money right there go get go get it before it starts adjusting and getting a wonky and also if if you've got 95 percent of your business coming from one source just fyi you know things can change nothing grows
1: years from now so there's a power law distribution where you know the majority of your leads will come from one to maximum three sources and you've got to double down on those okay don't put it one one to three yeah You should not have really more than about three significant acquisition channels. If you do, there's something weird in your business. Like you're not really focusing in the right places. You know, one of them is going to be your dominant factor and that's the one you should focus on. Other ones, you know, if you have one that probably is about 50% of your growth and then the other two will account for maybe another 30 to 40% and then like 10 to 20% will come from like a bunch of other sources. Right you'll see that actually very common in a lot of significant businesses. It's
0: interesting though. It seems scary to have all those eggs in. And... Three, three is okay. Three is, three is scary. okay. Yeah. One, is scary. one is scary, I guess, but
1: what you got to be careful of is tying in your growth to a high risk, single platform, right? Like I know a lot of publishers that relied on Facebook for mm. content distribution. Sure. Facebook changed their algorithm. A lot of them are out of business now. Yeah. We talked to them sure. like they had hundreds. Of, one of them locally had a hundred employees. They're down really? to like five employees now. Because, I mean, what happened? because they changed
0: their algorithm. That
1: yeah, it killed yeah. Their traffic? So what happened? Yeah, yeah. It totally destroyed their traffic, and they're a media company. Um, so Facebook destroyed them. Really, they didn't want pages wow. to have reach anymore without paying. So they, they, this was like all organic reach on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't pay for ads essentially. And then Facebook's like, "Uh, well, we're losing a lot of revenue to like these publishers that are like publishing content and they're not paying us to promote that content. So let's Jeez. just change our algorithm. Now these guys don't have reach anymore. Oh, now you have to pay Facebook if you want reach. Well, too bad, so sad publishers. Kill a lot wow. of them actually. Wow. Kill a lot of them. So I guess yeah. that's why they
0: say like most businesses fail.
1: Man. Little things, right? Um, but I wouldn't worry about that as a small business. Sure. You know, I really wouldn't worry about that as a marketer. You, know, you, can, you can build off platforms, but again, you should have more than one, but three is okay.
0: Right.
2: So let's
1: say you have three sources and one died. Well, you still got two others you can double down on and then have time to find another third one. Right, and and your and your sources change. Could they can change as you scale up? It depends the kind of business you have, right? If you're like a fast-growing startup, your acquisition channels may change as you get bigger and bigger. That's a good point. You start hitting ceilings.
0: You know, and to your earlier point, you get so much goodness from your existing either customer list, previous past customers, and the the past folks that have signed up. And so, could you talk a little more about the whole reengaging the signups, reengaging the folks yeah. that maybe converted and yeah. they convert again? Or best investment
1: you can possibly make? Yeah, tell me it. about it. Uh, I, I, you know, there is no better investment than trying to monetize your existing users. It's just you're not going to find a better one if you have an email list of and And I see this a lot, actually. I talked to some businesses and. You know, they're selling a relatively, you know, decent margin item and they have like an email list of like 5,000 or 10,000 and they send them like really basic once in a blue moon promote, like not even promotions, just like a newsletter with no conversions in it, just to update it. You know, here's an update on our company. I'm just like, dude, that's like gold. These people are, are ready to buy from you. Like you need to like nurture these people and yeah. re-engage them. You know, I know a lot of companies that grow their entire business off email list. So, you know, I want to talk about that. You see, a second ago, we talked about how Facebook can change an algorithm and destroy your reach. You know why? You don't own your contacts on Facebook. Ah, uh, Right? You don't own them. Yeah. But you own your email list. Right. The email list is the only thing, the only method, the only platform where you can talk directly to your customers without an intermediary to censor uh, that content ultimately, right? right? Only one. It's the only one. It's an email list that you can do it in any scalable way. So if you have a, a list of 5,000, well, those people are going to have that email for probably for the rest of their lives, at least a good part of their lives. And you know, your domain host is not gonna be like, oh no, we change our our rules now and like right. people anymore. It's like I uh, no, those are like these are my contacts, right? Yeah. So you know, you that's why email lists are so valuable. That's why people actually spend a lot of time to build up the email list. That's why email spams actually exploded as well. Cause some of the smarter guys, especially affiliate marketers, they figure that one out. Uh, and they build these email lists of like a couple hundred thousand and they just They just monetize that.
2: That's the the, all
1: they do is email marketing. Nothing but email marketing. So, what they'll do is they'll find a product that's kind of like so they'll build an email list in in a niche community. You got to niche your email list. Okay. Yeah. And they'll find a product and sell to their community. Right. Yeah. And uh, they'll keep them engaged with like content and updates. So, you give, 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 ask. I think uh, Gary Vee is big on that. Give, 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 ask. Give, 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 ask. So you give them content, you give them content, maybe you give them content again, and then you ask them for something like to buy from you. I
0: like Uh, that. That's cool.
1: So email lists are extremely, extremely valuable. You should re-engage that list on a regular basis. Um, And another thing I find, you know, I was talking to somebody, a small business owner and they were selling like, I don't think it was like a $300 product or something. Sure. And auto, there was an automated sale, right? Huh. So people would sign up and they buy it online. It was a product. I, I sure. get it. Like, you want to automate that? Then I'm like, I'm like, that makes sense. But then I'm like, well, how many of those are you selling? They're like, I sell like one a week, two a week, maybe. And I want to mm-hmm. up that. She, and then she's like, you know, I got a lot of people who come to my website, and like, they just they don't get to the checkout, or or they, you know, they sign up and they don't yeah. really. get I'm like in my head, I'm like. You have like six hundred dollars in sales, but you have probably like thirty people at least that have come to your website with the intent to buy and yeah. you're putting them through an automatic buying process. I was like, That's wrong, man. Like you could talk to every single one of those. Yeah. Like I don't know why but for, so many entrepreneurs for five like, minutes. Five minutes a little chat, to? maybe. Tiny little it's chat. It's crazy. Crazy. You know, talk to your clients. It's a thing. Like it actually works. Yeah. That's actually what kept us alive in Gen M? So we actually tell me yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah, we used to have automated payments where people would like buy our product without talking to anybody. Right? It's a subscription membership to do. Sure, Gen sure. Yeah. And and it was okay. Actually, the conversions were not that bad. Um, they were okay conversions. But what ended up happening is because we're such a unique product we found that people didn't quite know how to use the product. So we had to like, um, yeah,
2: they, were, they
1: weren't they were knowing how to using it. So we had to do a lot of customer service. So we said, well, what if we just talk to them early on before they even become members? Well, number one is they know how to use the product really well. They get the full value of the product and become evangelists, And our sales conversion skyrocket, like skyrocket, right? right? Oh, so cool. it's a really good way of building community, right? So we have such a strong community in Gen because every business that we talk to that signs up we talked with and it's kind of hard to believe that a startup because we are scaling up like we've got thousands on our platform that we still talk to every business and that's just something we believe in uh, and we think it's super important to build community that way
0: Well, you're so. investing time right I mean you're investing a little bit up front and it's paying off people aren't gonna, gonna be submitting support tickets left and right and they feel bought in They're part party like you said the community
1: smart and you learn so much like now yeah. I think we can automate it because our product's much more advanced now. Sure. But early on, like you learn so much about your clients and their needs and what they're looking for. And they're not afraid to come out and talk with you if they have issues because they've done that already. Right. You know, they want they, when they cancel, they'll give you the feedback, let's say, and then you learn from that. So, you know, if you're a small business owner, stop trying to automate your sales. Okay. Yeah. Do things that don't scale. Talk to your customers. In fact, Paul Graham from Y Combinator, famous, uh, famous uh, accelerator for startups for the best in the world. Actually, it's like the Harvard for totally. uh, startups. Um, that, that's one of the things they teach is do things that don't scale. And these, he's talking to companies that become billion dollar companies. He's telling them early on, do things that don't scale. So when you market, and this is like why I talk about sales and marketing working hand in hand, like when you market these people. You know, what I did early on, and it was so intertwined, the two, you know, um, I posted in Facebook groups. Okay. okay? So we, you know, when Genom first started, we were like, we had three months to live at one time. So we launched our apprenticeship marketplace and it was working. And we have this mission of creating a free education system, right? That's cool. a revision accessible to anyone. Cool. This is something really important to us. Yeah. And we launched our apprenticeship marketplace and it was working. People were signing up and you know, a lot of early success. But we had like three months of cash left before we were like done. Wow. So we had to like sit there and figure out how the hell are we gonna get like two, three hundred paying clients? We need about three hundred paying clients to break even so our mission can we can continue building on our mission. Yeah. And I said, you know what, screw this. I built a funnel and a very simple funnel, and I used Facebook groups. I said, you know what, our, our demographics are small business owners, less than, and digital marketers, less than mm-hmm. five employees, solopreneurs, uh, life coaches, e commerce companies. And where are they? You know, I can't afford to market them and pay significant acquisition costs. It takes a, lot, a little bit of time to do that, to like AdWords. Yeah, totally. And so I said, you know what? They're like, they're in Facebook groups, right? Like, so you go to like a small business group or e-commerce sure. group or digital marketing group. And there's like, you know, 10,000 members in that group. And we had such a, this doesn't work for everyone, right? This worked for us because we had such a compelling offer. Like it was, it's a stupid offer. Like, cool. you know, like you can get a student marketer to market your business for 10 hours a week in a three month digital apprenticeship They do this unpaid as part of their training. Wow! Right, So that, that's like unheard of offer, right? I'm getting 40 hours of labor a month. I pay a $49 a month membership fee. Like you do the math, like there's, there's nothing comparable to that. So I knew that our offer was very strong, um, but I needed like to talk, to convince businesses of this and like give us a shot. So what I did is I created a funnel and, and it was a simple image and it said, um, you know, our student marketers will market your business unpaid as part of their training uh right. is anyone interested and then people would comment right and then i would like their comments and i would respond to their comments ask them direct message me right yeah and then i had them book a, a call with me in, using a link calendly link sure yeah calendly a yep. call with me i built out a script for that and then i had them con- i converted 40 percent of them on the first phone call but that was like sales and marketing intertwined with each other yeah. right I yeah, market grinding
0: it, it out for sure
1: Grinding it out right not
0: scalable but early on to your point do it yeah,
1: yeah. now obviously I channel like we don't really, we have way you know our our acquisition comes from referrals actually and nice. affiliate marketing um and baller training, podcasts and baller podcasts that's what yeah. we're for, yeah. podcasts it's is slow Podcasts, you know for me this is an argument that we have okay, let's talk okay. about yeah. Podcasts. yeah so I'm all about, you got to show me step-by-step how a customer is going to convert. The Podcasts are tricky. Like, let's just say you have, you know, 2,000 people listening to this podcast. Sure. They're not in front of a computer. Right. They're like driving or hiking or or something. Yeah, Exactly. So in my head, I'm like, how are they going to, first of all, remember who we are and then like go to our website, get our information and sign up. I don't see it. I I just don't see it, right? But if there's enough of a reach and there's enough of an intent and then what ends up happening is I think you gotta do a lot of podcasts. I think it's more of like a brand and then you look now you talk about brand marketing where I don't directly see you know, I think there's a conversion there. Like we do get conversion from podcasts. It's it's not like super high level conversions.
0: It's not as direct, right? It's not a click. It's not as
1: direct. yeah, Yeah, it's
0: harder to track too.
1: Um, and there's a perfect example of this. Yeah, uh, there is a company uh, that sold uh, bath mats. Huh. Okay. And, and this is where it's really important. There's something called a, a trigger. Okay? Yeah. That and the trigger like reminds you to like, about about this product. And they had a really cool commercial where there was a guy taking a shower and he slips and he falls, and then he gets this bath mat, and then he no longer slips and falls, right? Yeah. And then, brilliant commercial, like it very, was very impactful, like holy snap, like I've slipped in the shower, everyone's slipped in the shower, you should get a bath mat, right? But the problem is that the only time you would think about that is when you're in the shower. And when you're in the shower, you can't buy it. You can't, you're right. So like, you know, go to shower. Like,
0: nobody really has notebooks nobody, in the shower.
1: Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, I should get this bath mat and then like leave the shower and it's out of Something your head. Something else. Yeah. Like very few people are going to be like, oh, let me make a note of that. I yeah. should have a bath mat commercial and then let me go to my computer and search and like, it's so like the best marketing is when the person is able to buy, you know, when they're like in front of a computer and you're selling them a digital product, the conversions are way higher. Then, like something like a podcast where they hear about it, then what? You, you have to remember it. Yes. Like not quite sure how they're going to convert on that side of things. So, that's where I kind of put it into the bucket of brand marketing where they might hear about Gen M on your podcast, and then maybe they hear about it somewhere else on other podcasts because you're pushing a lot of podcasts now. Uh, and then maybe some who really want our solution they will come look at the show notes. Find our link. Right. Sign up to Gen M, or maybe do a Google search. Sign up to Gen M, like Generation Millennials, G E N M, Gen okay. M, like Generation Millennials. G-E-N-M. Dot co. G E N M. Yeah. Dot co. So it's like, there's no dash. No, just Gen M. M-M. M. As M is in M and M's. M and M's. Yeah. Gen M, like Generation Marketing or yeah. Millennials. Sorry. Uh, Gen M. Dot co that's the, uh, yeah yeah
0: well why don't you describe what it is cuz that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here too cuz it's a amazingly cool concept i even wanna try it out bounce some ideas off you with it um so kind of like throw it at us like yeah what and where did it come from and why did you create it and then what what does it do and then what we'll try to do is we'll even just try to create some some triggers cuz when i think about podcasts like i bought a couple things based on like joe rogan's podcast but they've had like some crazy compelling Story. Yeah. then I'm like, oh, that story was so crazy. And then you're right, some trigger reminded me to go try that restaurant out. Uh,
1: Alpha Brain. Man, I'm like, tr- I want to I want to buy Alpha Brain, but every time I listen to that podcast, I'm not in a position to buy Alpha Brain. Yeah, you're like working out or something. Like it's not even here's what I do though: I open up my email and I send myself a note. I yeah. email myself. Yeah, you know. So anybody listening to this podcast, you should open up your emails, send yourself a quick note with our URL genm.co. Check it out later when you're in front of a computer. Yeah. So what is Gen M? You know, I'll tell you how we started. I was an entrepreneur. I still had a lot of small businesses. It's hard. Yeah. I didn't have cash. Didn't have resources. You know, and I need to grow my business. So what did I do? I went and I found some students to help me uh, grow my business. They worked with me as volunteers. It was a great experience. They ended up getting jobs. I hired a quarter of them myself. So it was a great way for me to hire talent as I scaled up my business.
2: Yeah. and it
1: was a great way for them to get experience. I didn't think anything of this, right? And then, you know, for I, this for a very, very long time, it was a very painful process. I actually built up the whole funnel for it. You know I developed a whole system around that. Wow. Um, yeah, And then I said, you know one time we were looking to hire a marketing intern, and then I had two hundred people apply. and Whoa. It paid, yeah, it was a paid position at that time. And like 98% of them I classified as unhirable because they had no experience. I wasn't about to pay somebody who doesn't have experience entry right. level because I had some that did have experience of why would I not hire them right. for no experience. Sure. Um, and they're also like decent at, at, you know, in that regard as well. So we said, you know what, man, this is actually a really big problem. I didn't really think about it from the student side of things, but they're struggling. They go they go to school for four years, they get into debt, they graduate, they don't have any experience, can't get a job, they can't get without experience, they can't experience without a job. They get crushed. Totally. Like they're getting crushed. And then like we started investigating this problem even more. And we said, you know what? The education system is fundamentally screwed up. Like it takes four years. What they're learning is completely outdated. Hundred percent. No work experience. Yeah. It costs a fortune. One hundred and forty-one thousand yeah. dollars it costs in the U.S. now to get a degree. One point four trillion dollars is a student debt. You can't even discharge it in bankruptcy. You can discharge wow. anything except income tax and student loans in bankruptcy. Mind-boggling. Yeah. So you have these people who are graduating and they're not getting jobs. You know, 56% right. of them are underemployed. 73% are not even using their degrees that they studied with. And we said, you know what, man, this is really like, it's becoming a, such a significant problem and they don't have any alternatives. These okay. students, like what, what else are they going to do to get job training? How else are they going to launch their careers? There's nothing except post-secondary. Yeah. So we said, you know, if we could find a way to make education free, you know, if we could do this, we would unlock such a massive economic opportunity for students that, you know, what, 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 like what would happen if they could get educated faster, more effectively and for free? It was a crazy, it's crazy. Like that's sure. a lot of criteria to hit. Yeah. And our hypothesis was like, you know, we had this unique insight where like, you know what? I'm like, oh, I trained so many students myself as a business owner and I took them from being unhireable, to mm. hireable. Yeah, like three months to six months. And, you know, what if we could enable businesses to do this on scale? What if we could provide businesses with the tools and the resources and the support where they could effectively train students for the job market? You know, if we could do that, you know, for the students, we could potentially create a free education system and it'll be based off of what industry is looking for. We had to figure out how to incentivize the businesses. We said, well, you know what? Students, they work unpaid in school. Like right. they're not getting paid. In fact, they're paying in school.
0: Yeah, for projects, they're paying to do bullshit projects that are outdated. Totally. Write and press like, releases.
1: <laughs> they're, they're, they're paying like $400 a class. It's, it's insane. Yeah. And we said, you know what? We, we can supply the courses. We can supply the marketplace. We can supply the collaboration tools. We can enable businesses to certify through our platform. We'll make it really easy for the businesses where they can just do the feedback and the mentorship, and then they can work with these students who will work unpaid as part of their training. So it's kind of like the old apprenticeship model. You know, back in the day when people want to get educated for the job market, they would apprentice under a master. It was much more intense. It was like seven years, and like it was a significant investment. These days, people have the attention span of like, you know, mice, you can't do a seven year training. Um, So we developed like a a modern day apprenticeship system where businesses, the number one cost they have is labor. Number one. Mm, True. Now they get this extra hand, this labor that they're not paying for. Right. Students, they get courses, work experience and certifications for free. Jeez. We make this all possible with a $49 a month membership fee. It's a subscription to access the marketplace. There is no better value in the whole world. Like you just don't find a better deal than that.
0: How do you keep the lights on? I mean, it seems like you're creating tremendous value for everyone. Mm-hmm. $50 a month. I mean, I'd sign up nine times just to get
1: yeah, a bunch that's of students. Seeing. Tremendous mm-hmm. growth. Look, you know, it, with a hundred businesses, it doesn't make sense. With a thousand businesses, it doesn't make sense. But if we could create a global scale education system and we had a hundred thousand businesses or a million businesses, there's 300 million small businesses in the world. There's 200 million post-secondary students. If we could become the number one destination for students to launch their careers and for small businesses to come to find talent and grow their businesses, that's a very significant company. That'd be the biggest education company in the world at that point. Yeah. And there's other ways we can monetize, you know, so like sure. the membership fees is the core model, but there's other things that we're doing that we have in the pipeline uh, cool. to monetize. One of them is, you know, we're working on right now called gen M school. It's like an intensive seven month program Oh, cool! and it's based off income share agreements with students. Uh, these are people who want like a more intensive experience. Yeah. But the point is when you build the system and, and you create this company on scale, there's, it's a remarkable company and it's very profitable on scale. Wow. At least that's the hypothesis. So
0: yeah, no, I, you know, and arguably, you know, I, I did internships right throughout school because I was kind of like that entrepreneur, not so great at school. I'm bored out of my mind. So kind of like you, I was just always doing other things, you know, um, while paying for school. And, and so, but those internships, that's where I learned everything, you yeah. know, I, maybe I learned to write. I learned about Western civilization in school, the Romans, the five reasons for the fall of nah, Rome. But It
1: cost you a fortune to learn that. Yeah,
0: it was expensive. I'm not sure if I remember all five, but nah, internships okay. I did.
1: Okay, will remind you. Yeah, Wiki,
0: yeah exactly. But these, those internships were the best education. So arguably, if you can make this thing work or continue to grow, it's working, but to make it work for even more people, you're actually giving them a better education than they'd get at, university i don't want to got it. throw it out there but maybe you skip that university and you you know go get some real life training eventually
1: that's exactly what will happen you yeah. know as we build our marketplace as we build other tools and support and our niches that's exactly what will happen is people will opt in look think about it this way you're a student you're in high school you're going to go to college or university right you don't know what you want to do with your life right like most students don't know what they want to do or they have an idea but they're not quite sure or, if even if they know what they want to do, they, they what do you, so you have a couple options? You can go to university and you can take on a loan, yeah, that you can't discharge and has six to 12% interest and commit four years of your life. And you don't have to travel to school and this massive time investment. Uh, and you don't even know what kind of teachers you're going to get, All right? You, you, can, don't pick your, yeah. you don't pick your teachers, right? Yeah, you don't, or you can come to Gen M where you could work remotely 10 hours a week on your schedule, learning whatever you want from the business that you select. Oh, wow. student selects for free. It's a double opt-in model. So it's like dating.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: You match, you chat, and then you start. Can you make people swipe on each other? Uh, We're actually building swipe now. Right now, (laughs) it's like a scroll feature. Oh, cool. But we're going to switch to UX to a swipe and see what that looks like
0: i like you i like you i like you i don't like very similar actually very similar yeah that's cool okay so it's a double opt-in that's good for everyone because it's like oh it's again you know the the stereotype of the millennial or whoever it is it doesn't really want to do any work but that's maybe all the other students but this is a student that came to the site they want to get real life experience they want to learn and now they're opting into your company and you're opting into them. That's a cool, that's like a little match make making.
1: It is. Yeah, it's a marketplace. Yeah. That's how it works. That's why the, it's only 49 bucks a month. Uh, and it's up to you to find, it's like exactly like a dating app. Like you can mm. imagine a dating app, it's exactly the same mechanics. Obviously, it's a professional relationship. Right. And so you get matched with hundreds of students. We chat with the wow. ones you like. When you find a good fit, you just jump on the phone to qualify them. And then we have one-click labor contracts embedded in the messenger. So you can get them started with one click right now. We're building out collaboration tools where you can give them tasks. They can send you progress reports.
0: That's cool. Give them
1: ratings and reviews on their work at the end of the apprenticeship. If you're happy as a business, you can actually certify your apprentice in digital marketing.
0: Oh, Really? Yeah. Would this be something you do? Even if you are a student, you could do this as the internship.
1: Most of them do it in school. Like here's the thing with internships. There's a uh, very few paid internships. Like very few, like maybe five percent right. of the student population can get a paid internship. Um, most of them are gonna have to do maybe an unpaid internship. But you're actually breaking labor laws a lot of the time. You do that. Mm. A lot of conditions you gotta watch out for. Uh, mm. It's not easy. It's you know not recommended at all. So does so this help know.
0: circumvent that? Does this help Yeah, you know, we designed to be the labor service? Law compliant.
1: we designed to be labor law compliant. Uh, we're an education company. And, you know, we provide coursework, certification tools, support. all related to their vocation. There's no promise of a job. There's no promise of pay. It's 100% right. focused on educational training.
0: Wow. U.S. and Canada, too. Like
1: It's, in, it's global, happy most month. of them are in the North America.
0: Oh, wow. Beautiful. Well, most people yeah. listening to this are North America too. Perfect. There's A few people in Europe, shout out, uh, <laughs> download in binges. But uh, that's very cool. That's very cool that, that this is any kind of any kind of success story that comes to mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I can talk about ourselves. You know, from personal experience. Yeah. So we uh, we had like I don't know four or five apprentices in our own businesses. Two sure. of them were flops. It's, it's like hiring anybody in that kind of role, entry level. Especially if they're students and they're unpaid, so we had five. Two of them were flops. Two of them were one of them was was decent. One of them was really good. I liked them. Great guy. Uh, we weren't in a position to hire at the time. Right. But I still talk with him. Super cool guy. Yeah. Uh, very smart. Built a really nice relationship with him. And the fifth one, we were in a position to hire, and she was a rock star. She's the best entry level hire I ever made. I've hired over three hundred people myself. Wow. Best entry level hire I've made. Really? Well, you qualify them, right? You see their work. Yeah, well, that's true. Not, not all of them work out.
0: That's the best that's way good. to hire someone, honestly, to see them in action.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's easy to figure out which ones will work and not because you're working with them. Like the two that flop, like they, just, they weren't that good. They weren't that responsive and produce a lot. One of them was okay, but like, I didn't consider them a rock star. One was really good, which was in a position to hire at the time. But right. then, like, boom, we're, we were in a position to hire. And then we, we found the rock star and right. that's higher we made for entry level.
0: Excellent. So let's set the trigger right now. The next time, if you're listening to this, and the next time you look at a to-do list or you realize you don't have one, but the, the number of things in it is overwhelming, and you have that sinking feeling of overwhelm, your brain is going to remind you that there is a potential to get help <laughs> from a student who wants to learn from you and who could take on some of this work? And it's just like fifty bucks a month, and then yeah. words will float into your mind. Genm. Dot co. That's what's going to float in there, and you can remember. You, you you sent yourself an email during that
1: podcast. Now send it right now. Yeah, you, you send that email now. So look, it's in your inbox. <laughs> You're not going to forget it, right? Right. Uh, this is how I manage all of my tasks. Actually, I email myself at the right. time like that. That it comes in my head because I'm always in my inbox, right? I'm always in my inbox. Totally. So if I email, totally. if I email myself, I'm going to look at it later and then I can action it as I need to uh, see fit. So open up your phones, hit the compose button in the subject line, just type in G E N M dot C O hit send. When you're in front of a computer, just check it out later. I love it. Love oh, this is great. Now I'm,
0: I'm thinking of doing this because I've got a book coming out Q1 about marketing automation. I love to get some help marketing that, you know, it's around. We brand. have a lot of people
1: doing that. A lot yeah, of people I doing mean, that. I
0: get, get the word out about it. Obviously you've got the team here at Chesh, but we're busy, right? So it's like getting that extra pair of eyes to do some marketing uh, with us. And also we get to teach them. I mean, that's fun to contribute to, you know, it's fun to pass it's on. Amazing
1: feeling. It's great. So, that was actually my favorite part of having an apprentice was like, just yeah. helping change their lives, really.
0: True enough. True enough.
1: It's so, so appreciated.
0: So the question now I have in your inbox at the time, creating companies left and right, who are you? Who is Mo? Like, who, who are you? Where did you come from? How did you become this, like, entrepreneur, marketing whisperer, nah. helper nah. of marketing students, you know,
1: worldwide? Look, you happen- know, I, I, I come from a poor immigrant family. Um, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't even graduate high school.
0: Wow. Um,
1: we lived in subsidized housing growing up. In, in Canada? Really, are you, are you in, in Canada, Canada, Canada? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Were you born in Canada? I was born in Lebanon. Came here when oh, I was no 10 years old. Um, you know, my parents didn't speak any English. My dad worked for minimum wage. Like, I barely saw my dad because there were seven of us. And, you know, he was working for minimum wage. He was working with right. 14 So my mom really ran the household and i uh, was just a very curious child always wanting to learn always exploring i uh, grew up in a rough area like you step outside and like you a good just a, you know like a, a 20% chance you might get into a fight so very oh. rough area yeah yeah very rough in rough canada
0: area.
1: in canada yeah thought's all friendly and maple syrup and stuff i mean it's it's not bad now actually <laughs> that area is kind of cleaned up a while lot while ago you're saying so like Early on, it was kind of- This is like, Canada let in a lot of immigrants in uh, 89, oh, gotcha. 91, 92. They let in a lot of like refugees. A lot of them came to Ottawa uh, at that time and they aggregated in the same place. They've right. kind of now dispersed. So it's not as it's not that bad actually. Cool. Uh, I don't know any really rough areas in Ottawa, like really, really rough. Um, and even then, like there's no guns in Canada really. So we sure. did not have like gun issues. I mean, there's knives, no guns. Right. Um, but it's just like that. I mean, you grow up in subsidized housing. Like, it's going to be rough, right? It's, 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 like you don't have any money. Right. Um, you know, like, you know, sometimes we struggle to put, like, I didn't eat meat very, I love, I eat meat a lot now. Do you? Uh, yeah, because growing up, it was like a commodity, right? So, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And you just have to hustle. Like, you got to figure out your own way. Like, I didn't, I didn't have, like, my parents were, my mom was the one home and she was busy, right? Just five kids. And seven of us total, and uh, this tiny little townhouse. Um, and she, you know, I I, I had to figure out my own way. So when I was twelve, you know, m- you know, we didn't have a lot of money. I would go door to door selling chocolates or services. And my parents would take that money. So for me, it just became more of like competition in the game than actual making money that I could use. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. It's not
0: your money in the end of the day. But, money, but it no. was fun to be the maybe the sibling that brought in. The you know the most bacon or sold the most chocolate. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. what it was
1: for me. Um, so I, I you know I, I'm about myself. There's a couple of key traits I have: very curious, growth mindset, and I'm an ultra competitor. You yeah. know, and when I was 18, oh under 17 ish, no 16 actually at the time. You know, I was overweight.
2: Hmm.
1: I was broke. And, uh, I was failing all my classes in school Jeez. and I just like, you know, I don't know. And then, and then what happened was, there was a girl I really liked. And, uh, I, was, I started, we started, I started seeing her somehow, which like, sure. I got lucky with that one. But then the, 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 right when I started seeing her, I got jumped by a bunch of guys. They beat me up in front of her. The next day she dumps me. What? Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Dude. And then Double rock Miami. bottom. Rock bottom, buddy. Yeah,
0: that, know, that, that's a that's a stark rock bottom right there, man.
1: I, I always imagined myself as like this really successful guy, and here I was, sixteen, over broke, beat up, dumped, and broke. Yeah, and I said, you know what, man? Like this is ridiculous. I'm gonna do something about this. I, and I started with my physical body, so I okay. trained every day. I got ripped and jacked, and yeah, became, became a, a significant athlete. And then um, from what there, kind of
0: training you're doing early
1: on. Early on, I used to rollerblade about five kilometers to the gym, train for two hours and rollerblade well, I rollerbladed everywhere in the city. Okay. I just got around by rollerblading. Um, I'm actually – you can't really see it right now. but I'm, I'm getting you – know, I'm, I'm in really good shape. I kind of figured out how to maintain that. Oh, yeah. nutrition's one of my – I love nutrition. Cool. I know a lot about nutrition. I can talk about that all day. Sure. Um, and so, then I okay. started my –
0: yeah, so you're rollerblading around, you're going to the gym for hours. Man, you yeah, you must have something clicked in your brain then. You're like, screw this. I gotta yeah. I gotta do something. And that sounds like you really did, cause like kilometers of blading and then gym and then blading home, like man. And then you had dropped out of school at this point too, or
1: well I wrote down my goals. You know, I yeah. think that was very important. Um nice. it, you know, now like I'm so I have so much more advanced tactics. And strategies very advanced. But back then, like just writing down your goals was life-changing. You know, and yeah. I wrote them down, I put them on my mirror, and I, I organized them nicely. I put a lot of effort into writing them down. I saw them every day. Every day I saw those goals. Uh I cut out a lot of my friends. You know, I went into like this like, you know, private mode of just focusing on myself. Yeah. And what I would do Smart. actually, I would I would train. And then uh, I would go to chapters every single day. I didn't go to school. I didn't believe in school. I never believed in school. Right. I did well in school. never believed in school. It just didn't make sense to me. Probably didn't believe in you. So. Didn't believe in me. I failed math three times, you know, so just give you an idea. Um, I I couldn't even get accepted into college or university.
2: Just give you an idea.
1: Even if I tried. Think about that one per se. Uh, But what I did do is I went to chapters every day. Which is like a Barnes and Nobles, I think, would be the, a bookstore. Uh, okay, cool. They call Indigo. it Chapters, or they have a store called Chapters. Well, now it's Indigo, actually. Uh, Indigo, cool. Yeah, I think Barnes and Nobles in the U.S. Yeah, Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. So
0: that's even dropping now to Amazon. But yeah, that's the same kind of place you'd go and get books.
1: Yeah. So I I was in, I was in there like six to eight hours a day, every Ooh. day. Yeah, and like instead of like. But you go to school, you don't pick your teacher, you don't pick your subjects, like your limited subjects, and and you don't really pick the content. And, you know, it's not self-paced. So I went to Chapters or, you know, the bookstore, and for six to eight hours, I would learn from the very best authors on the subjects I want in the highest quality content at my own speed. I'd read a book every day or two. Yeah. And I just built this wealth of knowledge that really kind of unlocked this world for me. Uh, and then I got lucky. I, I ended up, um, you know, it's crazy. Like because I started looking really good, I became more intelligent. I was able to speak better. A lot more opportunities came my way. Huh? And one of the opportunities was uh, I was just in a parking lot driving, and a friend—not even like a, a guy I knew was like, "Hey, these guys are hiring out west. Just go check it out." I'm like, yeah, I'll go check it out. So I went to the interview. I got hired. I went out west to DC, and then I went to Miami, Florida. where are at wow. 18. I was 18 at the time uh, fixing phone lines. I huh. was the youngest technician. I do not know how to fix phone lines, by the way. I just kind of just did it. <laughs> you just did it. Wow. Most people, most people are afraid to do that, right? I don't yeah. know how to fix phone lines. Why am I taking this job? I'm like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to figure it out. And that's what I did. I figured it out. I I moved to Florida for like four months, took that contract, saved a bunch of money, came back, started my first landscaping businesses, going door to door. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, totally. And it was just myself. And then eventually I hired a couple of guys and I built a little system and then I built that cruise. And then, uh, you know, I did that for about two years and then I sold my company because I just didn't see how I could become a bigger company because my goals I said, you know, I, uh, at the time I was, I wanted to make X amount of revenue. I had, a, I had a lot of reasons why to become very successful because I had a, my why was very strong because nice. of my background. Like, you know, it's what was the why? Was it some, something that, you know, when you grow up poor and you, you know, you can't afford to eat properly. Yeah, neat. And, and and your parents, although they taught me great morals and ethics, they, they really couldn't educate me. They didn't teach me anything about making money or right. being successful. It just wasn't a thing. And you know, when you get beat up and there's nothing you can do about that. And then when you get dumped by the person you really care about and there's nothing you can do about that. And you know, you hit this rock bottom and then you look at your mom and your dad and they're sick. My parents are sick. My mom has MS.
2: Oh wow! My dad,
1: my dad had a stroke, was in a coma for two weeks. Jeez! And like they, it, and it's because they, there, there's a lack of knowledge and discipline that they have in in nutrition and following that and then a healthy lifestyle. And I look at that and I'm like, you know, I never want to be in that position. I never want my kids to be in that position. Right. And then I look at you know the wealthy people that I met in Florida because I was in Palm Beach who are like have oh, yachts geez. in the backyard. Oh, God. They're, they're no they're normal people they're, yeah Boca Raton is actually where I was stationed. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm like, these are just normal people like yeah. there's nothing different between me and them. Why are they the ones with the wealth right, the security? and I, I don't have any of that, so I in my head, it's like I'm always chasing that security, I'm always chasing that position where I'm never going to get beat up again, you know, where I'm never going to get dumped again, where I'm never going to be hungry again. And it's just, just driving factor between for me and my kids. And now my goal is to create this legacy company uh, and, and build my own legacy up and help other people, you know, overcome these obstacles that could be, you know, seem insurmountable at the time. But if you just trust the process, it's been only a matter of time. Wow.
0: Man, I could see that why being just so strong that it just drives everything. And <laughs> you mentioned goal setting, you know, the mirror, and now you have some more advanced techniques. But man, I, I, nothing like having a strong Y underneath all of it to just Absolutely. push through, you know?
1: Absolutely, man. And, uh, and naturally, I'm an ultra competitor. Like, right. I compete every day. Uh, I actually hone that skill. Huh. I don't, it's, not, it's not an accident, it's something I purposely do. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't get this whole situation why people don't work on their competition level. You know, um, you can become become a better competitor. Really, like you could become, if you take it seriously, and I I do take it seriously, and like it's not fun for people I compete with sometimes, but (laughs) sometimes it is. um, You you learn how to win. Learn how to win. It's that simple, right? So like in basketball, as an example, like I was terrible in basketball. I didn't win in basketball. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't take free throws um, my dribbling was bad. And I, you know, I started, boom, practice free throws and I, I looked at technique. Oh, that's the right technique. I went from 30% to 70% from the line. And then I, I figured out when my positions were on the court and I figured out how yeah. to build a strong team and I need a shooter on my team because I can take the key really well. And then my win ratio went from like two out of 10 to eight out of 10.
0: No kidding.
1: Yeah. And then same with jujitsu. I got into jujitsu. Okay. And, um, yeah, know, Tell me
0: about awesome. that. How long have you been doing that?
1: Um, It's been, uh, I did it about seven, eight years ago for about maybe eight or nine months. And then I stopped because I moved offices and I was far away from the gym and I rejoined last April. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I did a, um, i I'm like it's 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 a perfect sport for for me because sure it's very strategic, very much about uh, positioning, mm. position position before submission. Interesting. And you know I'm also a really fit guy, so it gives me an advantage, especially my age category. And then I remember my first tournament I entered. I was still you know a white ball at the time. I thought I was going to win. I ended up getting submitted, and I, I won silver in the biggest tournament in the country. Wow. Um, which uh, to my eyes, I lost. Right. I was actually crying a little bit that day. I was not happy about that. Pissed. Pissed. I
2: pissed.
1: I was yeah. very pissed. Um, I was just, it was my first tournament, mind you. But I just, I, I wasn't happy about losing that. And I said, screw this. I'm not going to, it's not going to happen again. Um, so I went back and I trained. And I, I went, I trained, you know, uh, I compete when I tried I, I trained really, really hard. Okay. So hard in fact that, you know, I, I, I entered two more tournaments and I won both of them uh, gold, uh, zero points against, which means they didn't even get one point against me and they're all wow. submitted. Um, and what was funny is I wasn't even tired and then I went the next day or like two days later to train and I was exhausted and I was like injured from my training. Yeah. The tournament tournament was a breeze. (laughs) Wow. So you can up your competition level, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. And there's a saying, it's how you do anything is how you do everything. Love that. Right. So like, you know, when I wake up and, and the way I, I move, the way I clean, the way I speak, to me, it's, it's all progress. You know, when you compete, it's you're making, it's really about progress. Like if you're a real competitor, you know, you're not the best at everything. I'm not the best at anything, but if I can out-compete you, it's only because I can progress faster. That's it. That's the only reason If you beat huh. me now and I beat you then it's because I progressed faster. So it's really about progress. You know, that, that ability, like, okay, if I'm going to be a competitor, I gotta know how to get better quick. So how do you get better quick? There's a lot of things you can do for that. Right. Uh, but you It got sounds like
0: you have that intention. You're intentional about I am going to win or I, it, I'm going to do what it takes to win. People may be not thinking about that. They're like, oh, I'd like to win. You're like, no, no, no. I'm <laughs> going to win. What, is it, what does it take? Let's find out. But, you, know?
1: you know, the way I see it is, look, it's, if you're putting time in, you're putting time in. You have already yeah. invested the cost right why don't why why not aim for the maximum outcome yeah if you have the energy for it if you don't have the energy which you can build your energy by the way you can build your chi i spent a lot of time building my chi interesting yeah a lot of time a lot of my my focus goes now is that just
0: like tied to fitness or like something else not just mental,
1: your- mental strength and fitness, mental strength and fitness. Yeah. It all comes back to mental strength. really, it all comes back to mental strength, to be honest, yeah. all of its mental strength. Like you're only able to do that in the gym because you mentally can get past the suffering. Totally. I can talk a lot about suffering. Um, I'm a big believer in suffering, controlled suffering. A lot of people, they try to avoid suffering. Sure. What, what ends up happening when you avoid suffering um, is you don't control it. So it just comes to you no matter what, it's going to come to you. And if you don't know how to handle the suffering, then you become overwhelmed, you become stressed, you become sick, you become yeah. weak, and you, then you go back to avoiding it even more. And you right. Spiral, right? Yeah. But if you were able to build your tolerance for suffering up, your ability to suffer goes way higher, when, when suffering comes to you, you know how to handle it. It's like, it's, it, it's like training. It's like my jujitsu. I trained so hard, the the tournament was a breeze. So, you know, for example, on Monday, New Year's Day, while everyone, you can follow me on Instagram. I actually posted this on Instagram. What's the Instagram? At Real Moabath. Okay. Okay, You can check out the story I uh, I posted on this for New Year's Day. While everyone was nursing their hangovers, you know, I said, screw this. We're going to start the year off right. We're going to start it off on the top of a mountain. Nice. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to climb the biggest mountain in my region, Mount Trombone, 3,000 feet incline. And it's about a two and a half hour vertical climb, but four hour if you take it an easier away. And I said, you know what? This isn't tough enough. Like, it's not difficult enough. Like, let's add a layer of stuff. Had you done it before? I did it last year. Okay. I did it last year, and it was about minus four. Okay. And uh, I did it in my t shirt. Okay. Okay. So this year, uh, it was minus 10. I did it only in shorts. And I did it fasting. No t shirt? No t shirt, fasting minus 10. Two and Just and a half in hours.
0: shorts and fasting.
1: Outside, two and a half hours of, of a climb.
0: And you did the vertical, the tough one, not the
1: it four was hour. Snark. It was a snow. I mean, I think I should that. you harder. have gloves on? I had just gloves on because uh, you can't keep these warm easily. Yeah, there's a breathing hard. technique to keep your body warm. Okay. So there's actually a breathing technique you can utilize to stay warm.
0: Is that the, uh, the guy yeah. over in Sweden or whatnot?
1: Yeah. yeah, Wim Hof. Yeah. Wim Hof. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. The Iceman. So I utilized this technique. Okay. And then it was, it was tough, man. You can see in this story, like I started strong and it was difficult and I was suffering. I was suffering a lot and I wanted to quit. But I knew that, you know, there's a time halfway through where the path became snowed in and I had a chance to turn back because there was no friggin' path. Right. But I I said, you know, if I turn back now, I know the trail is this way, but I don't see the path. I said, you know what? I can just trust the trail, the process and make my own path. And that's what I did. And I said, if I do that, what's going to stop me in 2019? Like what's going to stop me? If I can get past this suffering, it's controlled, right? Right. I put myself in that position on purpose in my control. I had my jacket in my bag. I could put it on anytime.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I said, you know, I'm going to focus. I know where I'm going. I know the process or the trail. And then from then, the only thing in my mind that occupied it was every breath and every step. That's it. One step at a time, one breath at a time. And then I get to the top and it was cold as fuck. <laughs>
0: yeah, wind was like wind and it's already wind, negative 10.
1: It was, yeah, it was, it was probably colder at the top. Um, and, then I, and then I put my jacket on and guess what? 15 minutes later or more like half an hour later, I'm warm. And all that's left, no more pain. Just accomplishment.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I just pulled it up as you were talking here. Orange hat, backpack. <laughs> like we're gonna put it in the show notes. Like hell yeah, dude! That's <laughs> hardcore marketing, man. That's oh, hardcore we're about that's <laughs> what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. It, you know, to your point, you, you know, it's like, and I almost see this too. Like when you when you put candy in your body, that's a, it's like the opposite of it. And you're eventually it's either gonna hurt you or you're gonna have to expend. Uncomfortableness to get rid of that, you know. It's almost like this plus minus. But if you it's put deferred, a bunch of,
1: it's deferred suffering, right? So deferred when you have suffering, these, yeah. yeah. Don't don't defer your suffering. Like you can take a, a quick dopamine hit by taking candy right now, right? And like you're gonna feel good because you don't want to suffer the hunger or the discomfort of the pain, right? Of of eating, you know, healthy food <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have to always taste bad. Broccoli. Uh, <laughs> there's ways of making it taste good, right? But you, you'd rather take that quick, you know. Let me avoid the suffering now, and and what you're really doing is you're just adding debt. It's debt. It debt. debt.
0: You're so right, man. It's like student loans, but it's physical.
1: That's all it is, man. You got to your point. Yourself.
0: You know where you start. Where you started was like you worked on your physical body to get that energy, and yeah. mm-hmm. you worked on your mind to be able to yeah. just get tougher, compete more have yeah. more discipline, more energy. You get that squared away man. your body's like, here's the fuel. Your mind's like, let's do this.
1: It's awesome. And then from there, you're, you know, you, you, you're able to, I was, I built a team, started a construction company, built the biggest one in Canada for residential renovations wow. with, with a dozen of my childhood friends. We scaled it across the country, tens of millions in sales, uh, pivoted to technology. And, you know, from there founded Gen M where we have a mission now to create a free education system accessible to anyone. And, you know, we're hoping that the community you have here can help us in this mission and join us.
0: I love that. It's like, it's like in that pursuit and that why, you know, I, it's almost like you could taste it, like not having me to dinner, just being a rock bottom and you, you create these companies and the construction across Canada, across everywhere. And then now it's almost like you shifted to contribution where it's like, yeah, I can make money yeah. in all these different places, but really I want to help out. I mean, that's where I'm at. I want to help marketers, man. I want to make marketers heroes. I just I was, I was smoking a cigar the other day and I just sat there and I was like, you know what? I just love these people and I, I don't don't pay me whatever. I just I want you to be as successful as I was in my marketing career. and that's it. So how, how could good. I do that? right? So that, I've been doing it on my side, doing it my way, and you've got this amazing thing you're building. Uh, up that's really helping both marketers you know both people the the company itself that's hiring someone as well as that future you know amazing marketing hero that's uh needs some training
1: that's it man you know i'm a big believer in growth and contribution yeah and that's what gen is about you grow your business and you contribute
0: beautiful love it it's like mic drop except mics are expensive don't ah. drop them but uh this is great, man. If you look at the clock, but just time is just flown by. This has been awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How long has it been? It's been about, yeah, wow. Over yeah, now. right? Yeah. Time flies.
0: So what are some of the links? You know, let, we'll just remind people the Gen M link, maybe some links of how they can connect
1: to you, Instagram. Somewhere. Yeah, look, there's two ways. There's two ways, really. Uh, yeah. One is genm.co. Check it out. Sign up as a business. Book cool. a call. Just learn about the platform. It's free to sign up. It's free to book a call. If it's a fit, it's not a fit for everyone. Don't get me wrong. Not for everyone, but sign up, book a call and you'll find out. Okay. Uh, it's like a five, 10 minute call. So it's really on your own schedule. So it's okay. like, you can book it even like 20 minutes from now. So it's not like you're booking a week from now. Um, and the other one is if you want to follow me, I use, I don't really post on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but I do post on Instagram. I do a lot of stories on Instagram. And uh, so you can add me on Instagram at Real
0: Yeah, I know, sir. the The real is important because you're the real one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those fake guys out there, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Imposters, Imposters. (laughs) doppelgangers. This is cool. Hey, quick question on the Gen M, because I'm even thinking of for myself. Yeah. How much do I have to have squared away before I make that phone call? Do I have to have a job description? Do I even? No, no. You know, like Uh, how far? You know, how? No, no. You can sign up.
1: No, you can sign up now, and then you okay. can become a member now or later, and it'll take you like it depends how fast you utilize the system. Yeah, um, you're paying for access ultimately, so you probably want to utilize it quicker. Right. Uh, but ultimately, you know, it might take you like you do 48 hours, you do it in a week. You chat with students. Nice. So it's a little bit of an HR process there, and then by the time you find a student, you can you can organize some work for them to do. Um, and it's really about having tasks for them. Okay. That's the main thing, right? Tasks and got communication. It. There's only real two things you got to do have work for them to do. That's meaningful work. Yep. And communicate with them on a regular basis. That's it. Got it.
0: Love it. I'm actually going to go sign up. We, got, we got, yeah, some, sure got some things to do over here. So this has been great, man. Well, thank you so much. You know, I love it, man. We talk about hardcore you know, you know, marketing what, all the time. Actually, you know, you're hardcore. What, go
1: ahead. Any, any, anybody who mentions your podcast, I'll throw in a $25. Uh, credit on their accounts, oh, so they sick. can save so you know the first month becomes you know t- you know uh, twenty four dollars uh,
0: get a little r o i in
1: there, yeah, yeah, anybody who mentions your podcast so just right. let them know that
0: got it, hardcore we'll make sure we put that in the link too, when you click on that yeah. little link. Don't forget, <laughs> but prove prove us wrong that podcasts don't have an ROI, ah, right? Like, yeah, exactly. show us that they actually do work. But uh, this is this is awesome, man. Mo, thanks so much for joining us here.
1: Thank you, sir. Much appreciated.
0: Awesome. Well, everyone heard this. Definitely go sign up. I'm gonna do that after this call here, after this this show. Um, also, if you learn something here about growth marketing about marketing careers, or even as we were talking later on, some of the, you know, strengthening your body, your mind, getting that energy, share this with someone else, right? Don't just leave it in a silo or you got it. Now you're, you were working on, get it to someone else that you care about or that you think should you hear that message. And, uh, and that way we can kind of spread this out and, and especially get Genmo out there, get that free education really churning around. So that is, that is it guys. So I will see you all next time.